Hi and welcome to the St Saviour's Finsbury Park podcast. Our vision is to be a church alive in God's love to serve the city. And we hope this teaching helps you to know God and serve him more wherever you've been uniquely placed. Let's jump in. I'm just going to say a few words, if that's okay. Um, so Lauren is a journalist. Yes. A writer. Accurate. Is that okay? Yeah. Author. Yeah. Yeah. Presenter. Yeah. Presenter. What happens sometimes is I'm talking and I say in the talk, like, oh yeah, because I present the um, Salt Dating Apps dating show. Wow. And suddenly there's this, like, oh, like that's where I've that's seen her before. Where I've seen her from. So that's something so that's, I do. That's where, that's where you, you have seen Lauren. I'm also a Christian. I, yeah, no, I am. Kind of, Big time. You need to... Could have kicked if, off with I that one. I should have checked that before you came. <laughs> but you are actually a Christian, a real Christian, which is brilliant. Lover of Jesus. Um, Lauren is well known for a book published in 2020. Yes. I keep saying yes just to check that this yes, is... Yes, no, fact, all we're accurate. Fact, we're fact-checking. Yeah, good. It's brilliant. It's an awesome book. It's called Notes on Love. It is a brilliant title. Notes on Love. Being single and dating in a marriage-obsessed church how good is that as a title phenomenal we are going to as a church buy a number of copies we haven't done so yet but we are going to have some over the coming weeks in the library section at the back of the church so you can beg borrow steal and read that for yourself here's what our very own priest in charge pete hughes said about your book lauren you ready are you not the priest in charge no shush don't say that on the (laughs) microphone can someone cut lauren's mic please A bit tricked. I am not the priest in charge. <laughs> okay, I am got way, it. I am way out of my depth, Lauren. Oh no! I think right. you're do- you're doing really well, hon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, here's what Pete, real priest in charge, said about your book, Lauren. Um, Pete said this: "Notes on Love" is a call to the church to celebrate the opportunities as well as recognise the challenges of singleness, dating, and marriage. I can pretty much guarantee that you will laugh out loud a lot. Pause to process some of your own journey and pain. Scribble down notes with incredible wisdom that you want to carry on the journey ahead. And regularly put the book down with relief that fullness of life is found in God and not in a perfect or imperfect partner. One of Lauren's conclusions is that being single in the church um, needs a rebrand. She's absolutely right. You are right, Lauren. And this book, just in case you were worried about what I thought about that but you are absolutely right she's absolutely right and this book does just that I couldn't recommend it more highly how amazing is that um he only charges 50 pounds for each of those 50 quid for a book 50 quid for a book um we feel this strongly at St Saviour's we are single dating married we are a group of um we are a a mixed bag like that um it is such an important area and I just want to say we are grateful that the church has voices like yours to speak into this sort of area with such I think I think wisdom insight um experience and also encouragement so um, bless you you. can I pray I'd love that yeah amazing Father, we we thank you for Lauren. We thank you that she carries a message. She lives a message. She carries it. And it's a gift to the church. Pray that you'd give us soft hearts to receive that which you would impart to us this morning in this whole area of singleness, dating and marriage, that we would would listen well and we will be changed through it. In your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's good to be in Finsbury Park. I grew up in South London. Um, not going to mention the sort of south-north divide, although someone did tell me that North London was so much better looking architecturally this week. And um, 
started a pretty big fight. So, But I used to come up to Finsbury Park all the time because people who grew up in London knew it was the only place to shop if you had no money. One pound for a top, the label cut out, ask no questions, hear no lies. And um, not been back since I've been able to afford Oxford Street. So... This is really special. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, you may have gathered from that lovely introduction, thank you, um, that I talk about being single and dating in the church and the trials that come with that. Um, but I'm going to kick off by reading a little bit of the Bible. Um, so I'm just going to read from 1 Corinthians 7. It's a brilliant book. I'm a big fan of Paul's letters. Um, Paul is writing to a church in Corinth to just give them a bit of friendly advice about life, church, community, and all of those things. And, and chapter seven is specifically about marriage, relationships. There's loads of different stuff in there. Some of it's super relevant to us, and I've, I've redacted the stuff that isn't. But I would recommend that you read it all the way through for context. Um, at a time where there hasn't been half an hour of prophetic beforehand. So, just when you got this face. No, I'm joking, that was really lovely. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, no, so, 1 Corinthians 7. I'm going to kick off, um, so it starts, first five verses are a bit about marriage, and I'm going to um, pick up from verse 6. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am. But each of you has your own gift from God. One has a gift, another has, one has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Um, next Next few verses are about divorce. So then if we pick it up again at 17. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all churches. Uh, next few verses are about circumcision. So I will skip those two. You'll be pleased to hear. Uh, back to 25. Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them, for this world is in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord, but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. 
An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. And then there's another five verses around marriage. Amen. Okay. So, um, aside from single and dating and, and various other things that I talk about, I often talk a lot about addiction because I'm in recovery. Um, I'm coming up to 10 years in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. Thank you. Um, I grew up in the church, left when I was 13. I didn't like it. I felt really judged and church wasn't for me and I wasn't good enough. So I left um, and I came back when I got into recovery at the age of 25. What this has left me feeling, all of that is another story for another day. Um, But what it's left me feeling is really passionate about people who feel on the outside of church. And maybe that's because they don't feel welcome. They don't want to walk through the door. They think Christians are all a bit weird, judgmental. But also barriers to people staying in church when they're in church. And it's really easy for us to look around and be like, oh yeah, we want to be inclusive. We want people of all ethnicities, all ages, all these different things. We want to welcome in addicts, broken people, you know, lots of, lots of different, different types, right? One area that gets massively overlooked, because people don't take it that seriously, is your marital status, right? And actually, when I researched for the book, I, I, to be honest, I started writing the book because I thought it'd be quite fun. You know, like a book on dating, hilarious. Lots of, lots of opportunity for gags. Church dating, absolutely low-hanging fruit, right? Um, but actually, as I started to do interviews with people, um, I met people who had been praying for a partner for, since they were 18. They were now into their 50s. And the fact that they were still single was, this, was the greatest disappointment of their lives. And not only was it coming in between their relationship with God, but it was making them feel on the outside of their church community. They were leaving. They didn't want to be there. They didn't feel comfortable. And that, and that is an absolute tragedy that is beyond avoidable. There's absolutely no reason for someone to feel uncomfortable, unwelcome on the outside of church because they don't have a partner. So this talk is four parts. I know traditionally, you know, Vickers do this in threes. I'm a maverick. Um, So the church's response to single people, um, how that can leave single people feeling, um, and then just some stuff I think single people should know, and then what we can all do to help. Don't switch off if you're married, because actually, like, it's about time someone told you, I think. No offense. So I hope that actually there'll be some really interesting stuff here for people in all stages. It will build empathy, build inclusion, and build community. And that is what we want as church. So, look, we've read the passages. The Bible, God's word, is not the thing that is making single people feel isolated. It is very clear that being single is not a lower calling, it is not a lower state. Um, God does not mean for people to feel uncomfortable within singleness. So, you know, back to Corinthians, if, if we're rereading verse 8, um, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. Paul was not married. Jesus 
was not married. The man who came was fully human, fully God, lived every element of humanity, but did not feel that he had to take a wife in order to do so. John the Baptist. You know, these aren't like supporting characters, right? This, this is the key. This guy, Jesus is the key element of the gospel. And yet he was unmarried. The Bible is clear that being single is good, that you may actually be able to serve God and his kingdom more effectively if you are not married. You know, I want you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord, but the married man is concerned about the affairs of this world and vice versa when it comes to a married woman. So what is it? Why do and if you're not aware of this, this is the case a lot of it. And I actually do this talk sometimes in churches or I talk about doing it. And some people are like, you know, it's just, not, it's just not as big a problem as you're making out. Those people are married. The people who then message me afterwards and they're like, oh, I'm so pleased you said it. They're the single ones, right? So believe me when I say that there are people who are struggling. Not everyone. Not everyone who is single in your church is finding that difficult. But there are people here in your community who find this difficult. Church doesn't always reflect the lifting up of single people. Somewhere along the line, we've gotten the impression that married is better, it is an upgrade. It's the next stage. It is when you're leveling up, and that is what we should all be working towards. That's, that's the message that has come through. How is the church giving this message? Because I, I, you may have, but I haven't heard anyone stand on a stage and go, yes, the married people are the better ones. Please all get married, right? No one's specifically saying that. But how have single people been left feeling a little bit on the outside? Here are some suggestions that I've noticed. Uh, it can feel like it's only married couples and married people who are in the senior levels of your church, right? The vast majority of churches are led by married men. That's, that, that's not a, necessarily a bad thing. But the fact is that also it tends to be married people who are invited onto your PCC or your governing body, people who are wardens, people who are elevated into positions of responsibility. There's, there's just this feeling that if someone's married, they're probably a bit more responsible. I know some awful married people. <laughs> I do. And I also know some phenomenally sound single people, you know. Um, churches rarely invite a single person to preach from the front. The difficulty is that I say that as a single person preaching from the front, okay? So I put my hands up. The churches who invite me are probably the ones who need this message the least. But still, okay, it's, it's not often that you get a single person speaking from the front. Your vicar, no offence, I don't know if this happens, um, but may often within their sermon, I don't know, I've got, I've I've been in churches led by vicars who constantly refer to something their kids did. And that made me think of the gospel. And then I thought this, and oh, and my wife, and we were just snipping at each other. And then I was like, this reminds me of the message for Sunday. And you're like, this is not relatable to me. And, and because it's a huge factor in your life, you know, and very relatable for other people who have children or are married, doesn't mean it is across the board. Um, for a long time, my vicar rec um, referenced football and climbing a lot as well. And I have similar thoughts about those, but for very different reasons. Um, events 
are often geared around young people and families. And actually, if you're a person who's late 20s or 30s, they're out of that student stage, but they aren't married with children, you kind of fall between two stools. There's no ministry events for you. You know, like either you're a young adult and we've got loads of youth stuff, lots of student stuff, or you're a parent and you come along to the marriage course or, and you've got all of your, your mum's mixes and mingly things. And that's great. We need all of these things. Um, but it can mean that looking through the church sort of schedule and calendar, people feel a bit like, oh, I guess I'll just serve then. You know, I'll just turn up and pour the teas for everyone else's ministry feeding events the church calendar works around the school calendar not relevant for us when we don't have kids I like to go to church in August what's your problem (laughs) I spoke to one person who wasn't invited to their church games night because you had to be there as a pair for the games and that's like what what are you talking about um Another person who, who was a respondent to the Single Friendly Church survey, I think from 2012, but they are renewing their research, which is great, um, said that as soon as she got a boyfriend, she got issued invites from the married couples in the church, but how much more she needed those invitations before she had a partner. She was desperate. And they only came when she was in a couple. Um, There are plenty of churches who would prefer to have a married couple go out and do church planting. I have to say, I usually, in a very sly way, reference focus when I talk about this, because it's like, oh, here's John and Jane. Aren't they lovely? Off they go to this council estate to start a church. I have to say, I was at focus this year, and it seems that that has been very much addressed. I don't know if if Nikki or now Archie have seen my talks. I can't claim it. But they aren't just sending off married people to do church plants. But for a long time, I had a friend who wanted to do a church plant and was like, well, I'll think about it if I get married. And she's got so much to give. And and that felt like a shame. Leading connect groups, life groups, 50% of American churches who were, so this is American churches. I don't know if this would apply here. I'd be surprised. Wouldn't let someone who's unmarried lead a midweek home group. That's Jesus unqualified then. So that's wild. Um, Celebrations. If you're not single, if you're single, when are you celebrated? You don't have an engagement party. You don't have christenings. You don't have weddings, anniversaries. When do we break out the schler and cheese straws for the single person? You know, like there, there are more milestones that we can recognize in people's lives and the ones associated with their romantic connections. And then there's the comments. Right? I do it. You do it. There's, there's the pressure that the aunties in the church put on the men because they're like, well, why haven't you asked anyone out? You're not doing this for the war effort. You know, it's not many of you around. If you're not dating, what are we going to do? If you're not dating, who have you asked? And then there's the women. And I've had all of these. Oh, when's your turn? Don't know, Barbara. Trying. <laughs> Trying. You're putting yourself out there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. can't believe you're still single you're amazing marry me then you know (laughs) tell me from one knee if I'm so great um use this time to work on yourself be the person that you be the person that the person you want to date wants to date don't do that that's imagining what a fictional person would want you to be and changing yourself for it that's really bad advice be the person God wants you to be Jesus wants you to be um 
But, you know, I was at a wedding the other day. I've, I'm the one who's... Actually, this was a little while ago, a couple of years. Guy doing a, uh, a little violin recital for his new bride. It was really special. Love is blind and deaf, apparently. But um, <laughs> that's really mean. <laughs> He's not a Christian, so he won't see this. And then I turned to, turned to my friend, the guy standing next to me, and I was like... This is going to be you next. Yes, it's you. Okay, shall I buy a hat? They broke up the next day. The next day. And it's nothing to do with me. I didn't know that they were in counselling, but the fact is that I was making comments about a relationship that I had no proximity to. I knew they'd been together for a couple of years, and I thought, well, that's about marriage. To be honest, you're running late as Christians. Like, come on. You know, a couple of years, I was like, oh, this will be you next. I had no idea that they were struggling because they will have only spoken to the intimate people inside their circle about the state of their relationship, and I wasn't one of those, so it's not my place. And that's it, you know? And I know that we've all done that as well. What message is your church sending? As a married person, do you really believe that being single is an equal but different state? Ask yourself this if you think you do. If your child came to you and said, I've decided to commit to singleness so I can better serve the Lord, would you celebrate that like you would if they came to you and said, I'm engaged? Would you see that as just as an exciting a situation? Would you, you know, would you throw a party for that moment or would there be a grieving process? It is not an inferior state and we must get that into our heads. Um, I do have to issue a disclaimer around this time. I think marriage is really good. I don't hate marriage. I think it's really important and I think it's an amazing you know, union of two people who together can be stronger for the Lord, who can build each other up and everything like that. But it's not for everyone and we need to stop acting like it is. Marriage is an equal but different state where you, you can, if you choose to, exchange the perks and challenges of being single for the perks and challenges of a marriage. So, for single people, first of all, the question that we need to be asking ourselves is not who do we want to date, it's do we want to date. And I'm sorry if you haven't felt like that's an option for you because of the way society is constructed to idolise marriage. But actually, that is a really important question and I'd love it if that's where you started when you were thinking about your romantic life. Um, the fact is that the majority of the people that I know who are... Oh gosh, just checking on time. The majority of the people who I know who are... Um, are single, would like to be in a relationship. That's just a fact. And in my experience, um, sometimes that's really easy. Sometimes it's really hard to be single but want to be in a relationship. It feels really easy when people have got to get up and relieve the babysitter. You can feel a bit smug about that. But it feels really hard when you're traveling with friends and all the privacy and comfort of the married couples is such a priority that, you know, James, James and Julie definitely have to have a private double bed to themselves. Of course they do with the ensuite. No, no, that rag on the floor next to the sofa is fine for the single person. You'll be fine there, right? We can inflate it. You'll be fine. Uh, so that can feel a bit rubbish. Uh, when someone's going through a breakup or having problems in their marriage, my goodness, can it feel easy to be single? Because that is agony. That is so painful to have to work through problems in marriage. But when you are hoping for marriage and haven't felt that, and then it's just another engagement announcement on Instagram 
that can feel really hard. The realities of dating are far harder than I think a lot of married people remember. Um, there will be people in this room who feel weary, who feel disappointed, who don't know where God is in this anymore, who do not know how many more rejections they can take. They don't understand why they're always someone's friend and not their love interest. They wonder if they're ugly, maybe not clever enough, not funny enough. Could it be that they're too boring or too nice or too short? Maybe they're fat. Maybe they're just fat. Maybe they don't fit into the typical church girl thing. You know, maybe they're too loud, too much, too hard to love. Maybe they don't fit into the typical Christian guy thing. Maybe they don't have abs. Maybe they don't play guitar. Maybe they're short. Maybe they stumble on their words and don't feel like they can approach women with the same confidence as some other men. Maybe they feel like giving up hope. Maybe they know that God is good, but they don't feel it anymore. Maybe they feel unheard and unacknowledged and unanswered. There will be people in this room who maybe did meet someone and thought that it was right. They thought God was finally answering that prayer, that deepest desire of their heart. Maybe they stopped looking and this perfect person just came along like Instagram always said it would happen. <sighs> Maybe they thought this is exactly why nothing worked out in the past because this is the person God had for me. He doesn't have the same issues as the last guy, way better looking than the last girl. The Lord gives with both hands and it's finally their turn to receive. Could have been contact with the person, maybe a bit of chat, a bit of flirting, a few dates, or even some ambiguous conversation that could be read as friendship or could be read as more. Maybe just enough to get them really excited and they could finally see the light at the end of the dating tunnel. And then maybe it turned out to be nothing. There'll be people in this room who've been dumped, friend-zoned, ghosted, disappointed over and over again. And I'm so sorry. Some people will have been honoured within these interactions. So even though they've been treated with respect, there's still something to process. Others won't have been. They will have been treated badly. And they will have to cope with that disappointment as well as simultaneously healing from the treatment that they've received. And then there's having to roll back down to the bottom of the hill, looking up at it, dreading starting to climb it again, knowing how exhausting it is to get to know someone new. An unknown entity carrying your fragile heart in your hands, and they feel exhausted and terrified by the idea of it. And if that's you, I'm so sorry. I can't fix it. Dating is a risk. It is vulnerable. It is the only thing that in order to build in strength, you have to take off your armor. And that's agonizing. It really is. You can do, you can put boundaries in place. You can guard your heart, sure. But ultimately, you have to put something on the line. You have to risk getting hurt in order to date. So here's some stuff I think it's really important you know. The idea that you're not good enough, that you're not good looking enough, that you're not hot enough, that you're not clever enough, that you're not toned enough, that you're not taller. These are lies from the enemy. You are made perfectly. God made you how you are. And he'll work with you to, 
to get you into a better place, but you do not have to fundamentally change the way you look to be desirable to a partner. You do not need lip injections. You do not need washboard abs. Whatever it is that you're worried about on your body, that is lies from the enemy. You are worthy of love, respect, and a good relationship as you are. And that's really important to know. And if you're chasing good looks, you're always going to feel ugly. And if you're chasing a great body, you're always going to feel out of shape. So rest in God's promises when it comes to those things. All right, this, <laughs> it gets a bit more, there are more jokes now, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> We're coming up. Um, I'm sort of speaking specifically to the women now, but I think men do also feel this. There are good men who are single in the church in all ages. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. I know that, but I promise you, this, we don't need to be thinking with a scarcity mindset. One of my friends who was on guitar here, I always pick him out when I do a talk and he told me not to when he was going to be here. But Tim Last is single and an absolute catch. Back left. Doesn't usually go to this church, so get his number before he leaves. You're welcome. They are everywhere, right? When I, he's sunk down in his chair, so you won't be able to see him now. But he is there. <laughs> he hates it. He'll never play guitar when I'm preaching again. Um... I do think that we can get into a scarcity mindset and it is not, it's not helpful, you know, and, and actually there are so many good men around and they may not have all of the tick box criteria you thought you needed, but actually if you're shooting for something, you don't have a type, you don't have a type in terms of, of looks or race or height and I get really bored of hearing that. You have a type which is someone who is kind, who you are interested to hear what they have to say next, who loves Jesus and who you're excited by and that can look so different to what you expected and you need to be open to finding attraction in new places right there are perks to being single and we need to enjoy them you know like when people head off for the babysitter when you don't need to check with someone before you make an expensive purchase your time is your own my goodness if you have kids you will look back and think how green was that grass that I was moaning about you know like and it's okay to want different things but really enjoy the stage you're at because it's a shame not to and that was I don't have the verse in front of me now but that's part of you know we're called to serve the Lord where we are whether that's short term or long term um marriage won't solve all your problems I will refer you to the nearest married person to explain why um it's it's not like oh and as soon as I get married that's when none of this is an issue there'll be new issues new fun issues um it's okay to feel tired from dating and it's okay to take a break, particularly from online dating. It's exhausting. Um, and also, if the idea of taking a break from dating fills you with absolute dread, I would encourage you that maybe you should pray on it and do it. I took a year break when I first got sober and then later when I was really struggling with being single, another six months. And actually just handing that time over is very valuable. It clears your headspace you know, in a new way. And the reason you may not want to do that is you're like, oh, I'm about to turn this age. Oh, if I do that, I risk this. God does not run out of time. I promise you, God does not run out of time. The gifts he has for you will come to you if you're listening to him. Um, it's okay to be jealous of your friends. 
controversially. I don't know if everyone would say that. But do you know what? Like, you're not responsible for your first thought. You are responsible for your second. So if you're flicking through Instagram and you're like, engaged, oh, that's so annoying. It's okay that that's your first thought. But your second can be, oh, God, I want to celebrate this with them. I want to champion them. I want to want this for them, even if I don't right now. Can you, can you help me with this? And that is a healthy stance. Um, I never hear anyone address this, and I did in the book, and it's the thing that people message me about most. If you are a person who is embarking on dating after any kind of abuse, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, then you should know that that is nothing short of heroic. You have opened yourself up vulnerably to somebody who has not honoured you, your body, your mind, whatever it is, in the way that they should. And I'm sorry, and there's healing. And my goodness, like, if you, you can hand that over and you can get levels of freedom you never expected. And you may have already done that, and I really hope hope that you have and there will be people in this church community who want to work with you and pray with you and if you're a man you know head over to Matt and if you're a woman you know one of the female female leaders and just explain explain where you've been and they will pray with you and work with you on that but it's okay to be scared to date after something like that that takes time it is it is scary um I just ultimately want you to know that you're not alone, you know, and we were talking about in the prophetic time, I'm almost, I've got one more point to do, right, three minutes, I'm going to do it. Um, we were talking in the prophetic time about um, God always being there through difficult things, and actually Pete Hughes, what is he like, the chief vicar of vicardom, priest in charge, sure, all the layers, who knows, um, priest in charge, Pete Hughes, did, uh, did a short video for streams, which is amazing, I'd really encourage it, it's, it's um, encouraging clips for Christians on Instagram, and he said that he um, heard Brene Brown say something about, she thought her faith would be an epidural to numb her from pain, but what she found was God was her midwife, his safe pair of hands there from start to finish. The pain's not gone, but you will be guided through it by someone who knows this inside out. And that has been a really important depiction of God for me. Um, so what can we all do? If you're not single, you're sitting here. When one of my friends, she met her now husband when she was 16. And I ran through my hilarious list of things you can't say. And she pulled me over and she was like, what can I say? <laughs> Good question. Good question. Um, we would love to see better representation for single people on your PCCs and on your boards and things like that. And actually to remember that there'll be things that married people don't think of that, that sort of accommodate single people. For example, the first church service back after COVID, my church had a, a small area of individual island seats for the singles and then, and then clusters for the families. And I sort of potted over to the single section with a two meter radius around me that lasted one week and from then on if you were there in a sort of bubble of one you sat on a chair two chairs and then another chair and you were in a cluster even if your handbag was on the seat in the middle and actually I promise you a single person would not have arranged the chairs like that so it just helps it helps reveal our blind spots um, I want you guys 
to have an understanding that not everyone who is single want, wants to be married. And actually, the only people who you... Um, it's right for you to challenge and ask about their relationships, the ones who've invited you to. And for each person, that's probably like four or five people max. So if you're not in that person's top three or four people, leave them alone. Just leave them alone. No need. We've got plenty of weather to be talking about. We're British. You know? Other questions? Um, be mindful of the fact that not everyone is in a relationship or has children when you're coordinating events um, and ministries. And celebrate milestones. Someone's bought a house. Oh, my gosh. Someone's paid off their mortgage. Someone's got a new job. Someone's got a dog. It's, it's great news, you know. It's exciting. It's a change in that person's lifestyle in a way that they've probably been saving for and praying about and thinking about for years. Let's mark it, you know. Um, hospitality is key, and this is what I'm going to leave you with. So Psalm 68, 6. A father to the fathers, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. This is your wider church family. God sets the lonely in families. If you are single, you need to know that you are not alone and you should not be lonely because you have a church family here, which I hope would be reaching out to you with open arms. I would love it if family units invited people. In. Do you know how many people have got keys to my house? If the insurance company knew, I'm sure it'd be void. I absolutely hand them out left, right and centre. You need someone to come and put the telly on. Come and put the telly on. Eat what you like out the fridge it's fine like I I think it's really important that we all have as a single people a family home where you can rock up and we get this wrong families units couples get this wrong right households because they're like oh if we have to invite someone around I've got to clean clean the bathroom and then uh, and then what will we cook we're going to do two courses who's going to take their coat when they come in that's entertaining that's not hospitality it's lovely we all love that hospitality is let yourself in something in the fridge put your dish in the dishwasher you know oh bathing the kids upstairs yeah you can read them a story or we'll chuck something on the telly everyone should have somewhere like that where they're just them where they're embraced in a family unit where they contribute and where they feel loved and welcomed and if you don't as a single person invite yourself around and if you're a household couple family and you're like actually yeah like after Sundays why don't we just go who's free who's coming you know if you can do that I'd love you to do that I would love this to be a church culture where people would feel comfortable walking in and going I will never be married but I will never miss companionship I will never be without and that is all of our jobs all of us single married everything in between we all take responsibility for pulling together as a unit and making sure that people feel that they have family whether they've made it themselves or not thank you very much I'm done Are you done yeah <laughs> thanks